my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast by Beach Commute. Today, we've got Jeff and Marissa here, and we are going to talk about something very timely right now as we're both cold in our houses. We're going to talk about eight warm locations to escape the winter as a digital nomad in 2024. As we typically do as digital nomads, or at least I do, a lot of my friends do, I can't stand being cold. Once my fingers start getting numb when I'm typing, I get physically upset. Marissa, you've seen it before on calls. I'm just... I'm just angry. My my, he's it's not a, as happy when it's dark and cold. It's a physiological response that I just get anger coursing through my veins when I'm cold, and I don't <laughs> want to be cold, so I'll only put up with it for a little bit, and then I'll pull the full. I guess you know what snowbirds kind of beat us to the punch. This is an old school snowbird move. People in the states, right, true, moving from the northern northern states in the summer, going down to florida going down to arizona the typical two but uh in the winter yeah we just do it on a larger scale i guess <laughs> we're moving continents yeah we're moving countries <laughs> i keep seeing all these things on instagram lately that are basically like if you're avoiding the cold like you're avoiding your inner like loneliness you're avoiding all the inner what stuff. maybe maybe there's a truth well there's something to be said like if you think about i'm not saying we should i i escape <laughs> The winter as well, I know. But there is a lot to be said of like, there's a lot of plants that like need winter, need hibernation, or ev almost every country, even if it's not hot and cold, gets like a rainy season and a dry season where I feel like there's like a time that we're meant to go inwards that a lot of us as nomads are just escaping and we're like, mm -hmm. go, go, go forever. And we don't have our like, you know, bears like to like hibernate, plants like to like take it easy and then regrow. So we just kind of like go, go, go forever, which, you know, maybe this is good, maybe it's bad, but I also don't like the cold and prefer the beach. And, I'm not a bear so. and I'm not a... Well, take I'm, it. I'm, maybe I am a bear. You're a human. Yeah. A human <laughs> you being. are a little bit of a bear. <laughs> if I had to give you an animal, I've never, we've never played this game, but I think I might assign a bear to you. <laughs> shuts, shuts down during the winter. can get a little like, cranky. Well, well yeah. <laughs> a little brown bear. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so with that, I just want to caveat. I know winters and going inward and all of that can be good sometimes. But if you're like us and you're wanting to escape the winter and get to the warm, we've got the information for you today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also, we're going to be talking about coming from northern hemisphere to southern hemisphere. Um, yes. Go reverse, maybe a topic for another episode. But in case you're listening currently in the southern hemisphere yes. we're going the opposite direction for this podcast yes so winter if it's your winter months in what kind of like december january february march ish that's what we're talking about here escaping winter of those months in the northern hemisphere to find some warm locations yeah all right cool so let's kick it off with number one marissa okay number one in our list good old puerto escondido i feel like this has come up on and that's in mexico and some of you have been writing in to say like can you please spell out some of these locations so we'll try to remember to do that or write them somewhere because i know sometimes when we speak you're like what is it where is it so p-u-e-r-t-o is the first word puerto and then escondido e-s-c-o-n-d-i-d-o um, so this one's in Mexico. If you guys have listened to the podcast, you know Jeff and I love Mexico. We spend a lot of time there. This is one I feel like every January 
almost like, it's like I want to call it thirty percent. It's like half of <laughs> our so of our digital nomad friends. So we're not speaking for nomads of the entire mm-hmm. world, but of our community. And Jeff and I know a, a lot of nomads. We've been traveling for like six, seven, eight plus years. Like have a lot of people in this community. And if I think about my my friends on Instagram of like real just digital nomads that have been traveling for a while, I feel like there is a migration to Puerto Escondido almost every January where it's mm-hmm. like a third of the nomads that I know. <laughs> Maybe that's a slight exaggeration. I don't think it but is. But in the last couple of years, it has been like really and truly. It's a tough one. So I actually still, I've been avoiding it for a little while because of the internet situation. Um, I know that's better now with Starlink. So that really has changed. And now I just haven't gotten to it. It's so much better now. It was so bad changing. when I first went there. Yeah. It was... It was kind of like it felt more. This was back uh, January twenty, so four years ago. This was back when it was more in its backpackers kind of phase. You know, it was like the dirt roads, and it had nomad cafes with nomad food, and just like uh, kind of like a heavy backpacker vibe. Um, and uh, now, from what I hear, it's changed quite a bit. Like the paving, some of the roads, they've got uh, a bunch, a ton of new restaurants apparently, and it's fully evolved into. A digital nomad spot shouldn't surprise should have bought property there really that was stupid. i, <laughs> I you know can, so many people talked about it yeah you can you can kind of see it coming with some of these locations like you know it goes through those phases it's like oh that one was really clear it was definitely always meant to be a digital nomad spot and then sure enough yeah everybody everybody goes there and they go there because like when i was there in january i don't think i saw a cloud in the sky it was like four <laughs> weeks not one cloud in the sky the average temperature there in january is 83 and 72 so it's just like sunsets beautiful weather just super super mild and relatively inexpensive i'd say like now because this is a timely podcast we're doing it for 2024 we'll update again next year it's getting more expensive in mexico the exchange rate changed used to be 20 pesos to a dollar now it's like 17 and as more digital nomads go into a place it gets a little bit more pricey so it's it won't go it won't pop up on our value list anymore i don't think it used to be like one of the most affordable places. It was just like a tiny little place no one knew about, and now it's like almost hard to get a solid like a solid accommodation because there's just so many people who are going to this tiny little town. Um, I was looking. Where was I? I think when I was I was in Playa um, last. I was in Mexico in different place last February, I want to say, and I was thinking about popping over to visit some friends, and um, I had a friend who was going, and he was asking where to go and like what locations and what neighborhoods and as I was helping him search I was like there's literally no good options he was booking super last minute too to be fair but accommodations are getting harder to find I feel like it's like the sleepy little town that everyone used to love is like you know growing and it's it's not the same anymore but I know uh people who are I have some friends who are living nomad friends who are you know they're essentially full-time and just like love it still so it's it's still a great place I feel like if you like the the rustic small town beach vibe where you just kind of ride a scooter around and everyone meets at the volleyball court at sunset and you just kind of see all the nomads around like this is for you but for whatever reason January I think for us it's because a lot of our friends who um, are from the U.S. will go home for like Christmas time and then because it's so close, like Mexico is so close to the U.S., I feel like it's people's, it's like a lot of people's first, like next stop. They're like, I'm here. I might as well hop over to Mexico, meet up with everybody. And then they kind of like continue onward throughout the year. So that's, that's my hunch. Community's there. The prices are okay. The weather's perfect. Oh, and also when I think of beach commute, 
I think of Puerto Escondido because like, it was yeah. Uh, when I stayed there for a month, I used to ride a scooter to the beach. I would just ride it to actually the um, yeah whatever cafe I ended up going to, just along the coast. Yeah. There's kind of like our logo, and uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly what I think of when I think of our brand because it's it's kind of a it's kind of a nice laid back way. When you think of digital nomad, I kind of think of Porto Escondido. Hop on your scooter, yeah. tank top on, ride to the beach, work for however long you need, and then ride back in the sunset. It's kind of ro- yeah. kind of a romantic way to look at the lifestyle. Just when you think of a hundred percent, yeah. So it's classic. Yeah. It's made a lot of our different lists, and before it's always been kind of one of the harder ones because of Wi-Fi. But that's like suddenly changing. Yeah. So I think it's going to be just like one of soon. I think it will be one of the easiest locations and like one of the popular even mm. beginner destinations it's like inching its way up there so yeah Starling. that's that's number one changing the game for, I know. for beach changing locations changing the game yeah. i know yeah. i love it <laughs> uh, and then i'm sure there'll be some some newer beach locations coming up because of that too that weren't as popular which is mm. exciting because otherwise everywhere just gets overcrowded but i think this will actually maybe allow other places to sort of pop up as well all right you want to read off number two number two is cape town and kind of similar to Puerto Escondido, that can also turn into a huge winter hub for people. It did last year. Yes. There was, God, oh I don't even know how many people were there, maybe 40 or 50. <laughs> and at any given time, it seems like a lot of people just hang out in Cape Town. They'll just stay yeah. through the winter. People love it there. A lot of people do like a January, February, March timing in Cape Town because it's like their perfect summer. Yeah. Yeah. I spent a, a couple months down there. Um, so you kind of get a, a mixed group of people. A lot of uh, Europeans will escape their winter by going. It's one of the few places yeah. that they can actually go to that's accessible. Like similar time zones. To, yeah, same time zones. Europe. They go straight south. It's the easiest flight that they can take. Um, and then you'll also get um, other like digital nomads coming from all over the world, coming in from December, January, uh, February, March. And um, yeah, yeah for, for a reason. It's beautiful there. It's it's so there's so much to do. I really liked it. I spent two months there for a reason. There's just there's hiking. Uh, sunsets are like on par with Puerto Escondido. Some of the best in the world. There, Unbelievable. Think, it's yeah. like a Disney movie. You know, you see these colors. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know the Earth had those colors. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> and they last forever. Like they they somehow like the sun sets and then it lasts another hour. He's like, what is? What is physics? Yeah. I don't even get this. <laughs> this doesn't even make sense to me. <laughs> There's something magical happening there. Yeah, it really is. It's it's a great place. It's I guess the only thing I, it's checking all the boxes. The only thing that I would probably mark it down for is accommodations is just getting insane. So if you're booking on yeah. Airbnb, just expect to get gouged. And we've done that. Yeah. It's our fault. Digital nomads, we're coming <laughs> in just artificially jacking up the prices. So it's it's making it. It's making it really expensive, but um, it's still worth going. It's worth seeing yeah. at least once. Yeah, yeah. That's our, our most popular one um, in South Africa. So I know I feel like sometimes we're just like, here's a place. But yeah, Cape Town, South Africa. Yeah, the very bottom of the, the tip of the African continent. So it, it gets like nice and warm and it's, um, yeah, it's just like perfect temperatures. And for whatever reason, well, I guess we'll see who ends up there. I only know... One person, you know, t- I know maybe three people off the top of my head of, of some friends who will be there starting kind of like December, January, like you mentioned. But last year, it was like literally 40 of our friends. So I don't know why every every year it sort of changes. But I bet we'll see more. Uh, more. I say who that now. No, I know like four, I, last year, it's I don't like, know. Oh, this is the spot to be. It's like fashion. 
And then this yeah. year, it's like, is anybody going? I know, like, Danny and Madison. Crickets. That's, I'm like, what? Okay, crickets. so I probably, I, I keep saying, like, three, but then I'm like, wait, I can think of two more in my head. I'm sure I know two more. I'm sure, like, by the time it happens, we'll see lots more people there. But, yeah, yeah I'm thinking I know maybe, like, six people off the top of my head instead of, like, 35 that yeah. I knew who would be there last year. But mm-hmm. I went once in, um, in like, mid-April, and it was, like, just starting to, to get a little yeah. cold. A little, yeah, it wasn't wasn't the best timing but it worked out logistically for me but yeah so definitely january is like prime cape town time and like you said it's just the most beautiful nature the mountains there are incredible it's like visually one of the most stunning cities like in the whole world in Mm -hmm. my humble opinion um even though it's got to me it's got like a darker vibe like the ocean is kind of like aggressive and cold and scary you know it's not like your pleasant like caribbean you know super chill (laughs) i think so scary it Uh, just reminds me of a northern california ocean it's just like exactly yeah yeah i feel the same about northern california it's not your i'll say like it's not your tropical like puerto escondido caribbean like or like beautiful smooth ocean you want to like swim in every day but it like has a beautiful view of the sea we'll say yeah look don't touch Exactly. I like to be specific of my my oceans and my experiences. I don't want yeah. someone ending up there thinking it's like a beautiful spot to swim every single oh, you know morning it's, to dip to dip your toe in. But if you just want to look at it, definitely not. <laughs> it's, it's a great place. Yeah, a great place. And average yeah. temperature in January eighty three and sixty three. Can't go wrong with that. That's exactly Amazing. what you're looking for. You forget that it's winter when you're there. You're like, you have to, when when I left, I ended up in Belgium. I was like, "Oh shit, Oof. I forgot about this." How the hell can <laughs> I know, the world you do be kind so of forget cold? that winter exists elsewhere. It is weird when you're in a warm location. Yeah. I'm just like, "Oh yeah, the whole world is warm." And I forget my friends back home are like posting yeah. snow in Michigan, and like, I'm like, "Oof, ew, god, that sucks." <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. So, so that's number two. Anything else to add to Cape Town? Uh, nope. All right. Number three on our list. I feel like we haven't talked about this location in a long time. I've kind of forgotten about it lately, but that's Chiang Mai in Thailand. So to spell that out one, spell that one out for you. We've got C H I A N G is the first word, and then Mai M A I, and that is in Thailand. So I first went there. I actually spent a month there with Diego back in 2018. So it's been. I'm like it's like five years ago, six years ago at this Jeez. point. Um, it's been a really long time since I've uh, I spent some time in Thailand, another location which we'll talk about soon. But I haven't been to Chiang Mai in a long time. But that said, it's always a hot spot. Like if if you love Thailand, a lot of people will go and spend time there. It's a really great place to get work done. I know it seems weird, but it's like it's just kind of a really easy environment. I almost think about it kind of like Puerto Escondido, but instead mm. of small beach town, it's like tiny little like town filled with temples mm. <laughs> and street food it kind of was Instead. one of the original digital nomad locations wasn't it like, that was for sure because it was always like really it was an inexpensive place it was yeah. probably one of the first places that like had great wi-fi in a really affordable city you know mm. like out you know before the beach towns had it um so i think that's sort of what made it and now i know a couple of people who are there right now it's amazing um just yeah like that kind of november december january february time is just like great temperatures it's not as hot as other places in thailand like in the heat of their summer and it's just easy like again there's wi-fi there's tons of cafes to like you know for digital nomads to work from you'll find all your your nomad food and lattes and all the things but they've also got the most amazing Mm. street food and it has some fun um like road trips and sort of like activities and things that you can do if you just want to like get away for a day or a weekend or things like that so it's not my personal favorite because it's it's very landlocked and it's not beachy so obviously it's like 
mostly yeah. an X on my list. But for people who don't need the beach as much as I do, like people really love Chiang Mai. So it's there and it's a great place if you're looking for just like a cool kind of it's like a small city. It's a city, but it's it's like very small and manageable. It's not like a big, overwhelming city. Do we need to explain what nomad food means? I just threw I, that out yeah, there. And we said it twice now. <laughs> Did you? I didn't even remember you say it. So, Jeff, how would you define nomad food? <laughs> bowls. Bowls with avocado, pineapple, <laughs> maybe some chicken. <laughs> pineapple. It's always a bowl. Or it's a, it's like it a is. smoothie bowl. Or it's like avocado a chicken, toast. Avocado toast. Yeah. It's, Quinoa it's bowl. No, it's nomad food. It's typically like healthy food, but it has a certain, when you go into these restaurants, it has a certain feel to it because it's, it's all just nomads in there. And so I yeah, it's very westernized food that just sort of like generally satisfies everyone and feels kind of healthy. Yeah. But sometimes it's nice, like when you're traveling in these foreign countries that eat totally different cuisines and something you're used to every day. Every now and then, you just kind of want the comfort food that like your stomach knows, that your body knows, that just sort of like you don't have to think about. Mm-hmm. You're used to. You know, it won't upset your. I don't know. My stomach doesn't really get upset, but a lot of people like get food poisoning and all the things a lot. So it's just sort of. That just easy, satisfying things your body's used to, no matter if you're in Africa, Asia, you know, Europe, wherever. So that's kind of yeah. why we have nicknamed it nomad food. But but you can still find like sometimes I'll leave those just to go eat like the dollar pad thai on the street that's like better than anything you will get at for like, like for a hundred dollars in the US. Two bucks. Yeah. So Chiang Mai So that's Chiang Mai. Eighty five and fifty seven average temperatures in January. And Jeff is giving highs and lows, by the highs way. He keeps saying two temperatures. Sorry, yeah. because, you know, Fahrenheit, that's how yeah. it's gonna do that's, that's gonna happen uh and so you got us today I we need the, diego back to give us our celsius i like the cold i like that it gets cold at night i am a bear and i like to hibernate i want it i want it cold <laughs> but only at night hot. yeah cold and then hot so that's that's perfect for me so maybe it's that's funny i like the hot always like i want to walk outside at night and like not need a jacket Ugh. still be hot but Ooh. i know i'm not like walking out into a hot swamp Soupy. Oh, I love it. Gross. Love it. <laughs> I don't want to be sweating so at night. I made a rule. I don't want to sweat at night. Unless I'm exercising. Fair, I'll I, don't give you s- I don't want to walk around and sweat. <laughs> I don't need that hot, but I want to be warm at night still. But yeah, so Chiang Mai, there you go. Um, all right, Jeff, number four on the list. Number four, Buenos Aires. Uh haven't been yes. there on my way, I think, in late January. So I don't know any- I really don't know much about it. I'm gonna have to lean on you to tell me what you yeah, know about Buenos Aires give, and why it's a good I can spot. give it. So this, for sure. So this one is in Argentina. Um, I went back in 2019, so it's also been a little while. And this is like, I feel like this one's what's in fashion this January, February, March with all of our friends. Why? We don't know. Someone made a decision or some weird force got us all there. I just but keep getting texts like, hey, it's Buenos Aires this year. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> All right. Like, like we, All right. Like, as you and I do, we don't make plans. We follow plans. And we, that, apparently exactly. that's the plan. I don't know how or why. That's what the universe had in store yeah. this, this winter. Um, but so Buenos Aires, it is a big city. So it's when you think about this compared to Chiang Mai, for example, it is a, a rather large city. But there's a couple digital nomad neighborhoods. So you'll see, Jeff, I think similar to Mexico City, how they're like you've got La Condesa in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. You've got um, certain neighborhoods in Buenos Aires that are like the sort of like digital nomad spots within it. So you get a little bit of a smaller feel just by choosing these. Also, when you think about, so obviously Argentina is in South America. Um, but people think of this, it's almost like the, the most European kind of feel city within South America. So you get a lot of benefits of the South America charm, 
but also a lot of the conveniences that you would have in like a very westernized sort of European city. Um, and then also prices, you'll find some really weird things. Like there's a different rate, basically, like if you're local, if you pay with like a um, foreign credit card or if you get cash, basically kind of like oh, off the black the, market. The blue rate. The blue rate, right, and yeah. it's okay. like it's like an eighth of the that. cost of what you would pay with your credit card. Like it's actually insane. So wow. people just bring a lot of U.S. dollars before going, or you can find places to exchange it, like not from the bank. And we're just kind of like you got to know the right people, um, and you pay for everything in cash there. And if you are doing that, digital nomad question that I don't know: Can you bring a bunch of cash into a country? Yes. If you think about forms, a lot of places will ask, like, are you bringing $10,000 or more of value? So as long as you're not over that, um, you should be fine. Someone might be like, why are you bringing (laughs) $9,950 of cash? Yeah. And and really, I would say the the bigger concern there is just like traveling. It's scary to travel with that much cash because if someone (laughs) robs you, steals your bag, takes your stuff... You've lost, like, typically, the I would say typically the rule that I have is, like, bring as little cash with you on your physical body on hand as possible and take it out as you need. Uh-huh. But um, Argentina is a little unique. And I would say bring enough to start. And just be really careful when you're on your way there and, and like, put it, you know, Shut on your body somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but then once you're there, there are places to exchange it. And mm. one of the beauties of it right now, and again, this is, you know, take it for, for better or worse of what this does to communities, keep it in mind. But I have some friends who are there right now and are just, like, eating the the best steaks, the best wine for everything. Like, a meal that would cost $150 in the U.S. and it's, like, $18 for, like, full meal appetizer and the best quality steaks like you will ever get so the food and and also someone was sending me there was like a a tub of blueberries like right now in the u.s that cost four like four dollars and fifty cents he was like this is 80 cents right now like eight zero eight zero cents for like a pack of this i was like this is crazy like so it's really affordable right now with the exchange rate and everything going on and it's just a really convenient city and it's also cool there's like great nightlife you've got all the like tango Mm. dancing there's tons of cafes like um and then it's a ton of side trips you can do like argentina is a huge country to explore so first off what are you doing where you can afford bloobs in the united states do you have some side (laughs) hustles going on nobody can afford bloobs that's ridiculous it's crazy i know food in the u.s has just like gotten out of hand so yeah if you want some actual like Yeah, so if you want some some affordable fruit, vegetables, and I don't I don't particularly eat much steak, but uh, if steak is your thing and good wine is your thing, Argentina might be the place for you. And I did a little research. You can you can bring in ten thousand dollars. Yeah, that's what I say. And so like up to that, as long as you don't have over that, they won't question you. But it's scary to carry that much cash on you because uh, that can disappear in a second. <laughs> You pay, in, you pay in U.S. dollars because for them, the U.S. dollar is so much more valuable. So they actually want, like locals there want to like have a physical like U.S. dollar to use um, as like a better exchange form of like monetization for okay. other things that they're doing. All right. So I just got yeah. a whole lot of It's weird. It was even the same back when I was there and it fluctuates pretty quickly. Like mm. I remember even back in 2019, we like booked a flight with something and then like two days later, like the same price, like the equivalent in US was like a hundred dollars mm. different. Like it's a lot of fluctuation going on right there. But okay. if you're okay with sort of like being savvy and finding the right places to exchange your money and paying in cash and doing the things, it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get some good bang for your little buck there. (laughs) 
We're going to take a quick pause right there to tell you about our remote travel jobs daily. Are you currently looking for a job that's going to allow you to become a digital nomad and work and travel around the world? We've got exactly what you're looking for. Every week, as part of our free plan, we handpick two jobs that are perfect for becoming a digital nomad that allow you to work and travel around the world while you're doing it. That's two jobs per week for free. We also have a premium plan in which we send out two handpicked jobs that are also perfect for becoming a digital nomad every single day, Monday through Friday. So that's 40 handpicked jobs by us that are ideal for becoming a digital nomad. So make sure you take a look at these two plans. It is beachcommute.com slash travel jobs. That's beachcommute.com backslash travel jobs. All the details will be there. Number five is a place I still haven't been, Playa del Carmen. Your second home, I guess, at this point. You are, you are yeah. kind of a snowbird now. I mean, that's easy going from Atlanta to Playa del Carmen. What is that, like a two-hour flight? Yeah, it's like a two-hour flight, I would say. It's the same from Atlanta to Playa mm-hmm. as it is from Atlanta to, like, New York, basically. So it's it's wild. Super yeah. close, so yeah. Yeah, just a little further south for me, so you're going to get the warm weather. It's like, I don't know, I've never been there before, but I'm assuming it's just like 80s and 60s, something like that, just tropical feel. Tropical feel. The only mm. thing with that, sometimes you'll get hurricane seasons, like if it, but otherwise, like mm. it stays pretty much the same temperature most year round. But it does get like when you're there in uh, sort of like July, August time, it gets like swelteringly hot and humid to a point where like even my friends who live there full time are like, I just want to get out. Like it's pretty miserable. And I was there for, um, I was there for my friend's wedding in October and they chose that season because it's supposed to be like, better temperatures it's Mm -hmm. still like nice and warm but not as crazy hot and humid and it was just a weird weekend where it felt like it does basically in june and july and we were sitting at the wedding (laughs) they were like so upset because it was melting (laughs) it was like hot to move you just melt walking outside it was like i like the heat and even for me that was hot but for the most part like january i spent a lot of like january's february's marches there and december as well and it's a it's yeah, it's warm. Like you're you're gonna be hot. Like you're gonna be grateful for AC to sleep with. Grateful for AC mm. in your home to work all day. But it, um, yeah, it's like a great place. There's a lot of people who you'll find a lot of Canadians there who are the snowbird sort of winters. But Playa, I've spoken on it a million times. It's it's just like a small. It's a it's a city, I suppose you could call it. But it's not like crazy high rise buildings. Mm. Like you know, you get some maybe like 10, 15 story condos or hotels around like max but it it feels like a small town like everything you need is there it's super convenient it's right on the ocean um lots of cool little islands to go to great day trips tons of cafes good food it's not the prettiest to the eye i always say that like you kind of get there and you'll be like why did marissa tell me (laughs) to go here like this is it's ugly it's not great but then like you start to learn its charm because there's just there's so much activity going on there's so many nomads great community it's like really active if you're into just like sports and working out like you can find any you can find anything you want there so i love playa um and it's a it's a great little place but anything else i miss there jeff how are the prices there at this point Mm, good question definitely more expensive Mm. than it used to be um like it's i don't know probably one and a half to two times i feel like the price that it used to be if i think about you know five years ago Mm -hmm. But I would say for like a typical, 
if you were going to get like a one bedroom, like modern condo with a doorman and like a rooftop, like kind of swanky rooftop pool. So like if you're looking for something like that, um, I would say for a month, you would probably find it around like 1800 US dollars would okay. be my guess. Yeah. Not- so you. Yeah, whereas it used to be, I feel like eleven hundred dollars for you know a thousand dollars or less for like the same thing. So you can still find places at that price that just you know aren't as as nice, don't have as many amenities or different you know farther back from the beach things like that. But it's it's yeah. pretty affordable, but it keeps getting higher and higher. And compared to like if you go to a local town and you know where there aren't a lot of nomads, like I feel like the food is like a third of the price. Like everything, the, the prices mm-hmm. are super jacked up there for like. For your nomad food, right? Like your yeah, salads, your course. your bowls are literally the same prices that, as they are in the U.S. because people know they could charge that there. It's getting harder and harder to find these hidden gems that aren't mm-hmm. jacked up in price. We might have to do might have to do that an episode on hidden yeah, gems. Yeah, like where where's you left still find it, those that hasn't yeah hasn't hit in, inflation hasn't crushed it and yeah nomad prices. I'll give you are, number number seven is is that still on our list i won't get there uh, yet but okay. yeah all right <laughs> so we still got a few and even number eight i would say probably but uh, um yeah definitely definitely number eight um all right so our, our yeah our last two but yeah that's what i got for playa okay uh so i think you asked me that one and i didn't know the answer so i'll ask you number number six is uh what's number six so number six is santa Teresa in costa rica so I'll be in Costa Rica in January. I always go to like a little different small town that is not uh, necessarily nomad friendly, but it's just a little town that I love and a place where my family has spent a lot of time. So it's different. I would say Santa Teresa and Nosara are probably the two biggest, like most popular nomad mm. towns. It used to be Tamarindo in my, that's oh, more yeah. like backpackery, surfy. Mm-hmm. It's not very charming in my opinion. So that's about 45 minutes from where I go where Santa Teresa is about five hours farther south. So I know you've spent some time there, so I'll let you give a little more detail of like the the specifics of Santa Teresa. Yeah, I went to Santa Teresa once for a month, um, third time in Costa Rica. The, the first two times I went over to the east side, Puerto Viejo, and I'd say that's kind of less of a digital nomad place, but becoming more of one. Santa Teresa, yeah. probably a little bit more established. There's a couple, couple Salinas in there. Uh, a lot of cafes <laughs> that you can work from. It was it was kind of a weird, it was a weird vibe when I went there. It was great for winter oh, because the weather is fantastic. It's one of those places like we were talking about forgetting winter. I'm seeing like yeah. Christmas wreaths around people's doors, and it's like it doesn't quite jive with your brain when it's 90 degrees out with 80 percent humidity. You're like, yeah, how can Christmas exist in such an atmosphere? <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's. I can't even explain. Maybe you can do a better job than me. This, the sunsets that you get on the Pacific side mm, in Costa yeah. Rica just last forever. They they go down and then you've got the tide My pulling out and part, it just yeah. does this mirror thing on the sand mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just it's just beautiful for like an hour. We didn't we would not miss a sunset. That was what you do. It's Same. like all right, finish working, go check out the sunset and it just starts cooling off a little bit. Um, and it just yeah, it just feels it just feels amazing uh, for the town itself. It's interesting because uh, Santa Teresa didn't really exist, and it's not really even a town. It's just a street, and then there's a few <laughs> side streets with some very expensive homes and stuff. But mainly, it's just a road that that spans maybe 
three miles, two, three miles. <laughs> kind of like Tulum like in that way, too. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of it's just kind of a road. And it only got established back in the 70s or 80s where people from Europe came and bought up all the property and started you know, putting in hotels and restaurants and stuff. Right. And then it just kind of evolved into a digital nomad spot. And it is, yeah, you, you've got this road that's really busy, people flying up and down and on ATVs and stuff. And it is very, it feels a bit touristy. It's expensive. Costa Rica is surprising. It always surprises people. When you yeah, Costa Rica. it's similar it's like, to American prices. Yeah. Yeah, you can drop a lot of money there. Um, but that's the only downside, I would say. A little touristy, a little expensive. Yeah. But it's just absolutely beautiful and, a, and an amazing place. If you hate the cold weather, you want something beautiful <laughs> to replace it with. Amazing sunsets, super warm, um, digital nomad food. <laughs> uh, it, it does. It'll do all those things for you. Um, I remember thinking really fondly of that going, oh, my God, I can't believe I can I get to spend a a Christmas season like in a place like this. It was it was great. I love it, too. I feel like when I think of Beach Commute and like Mm -hmm. why we named our company this and our logo, like you said, of like the little scooter. I also think of little towns like that. And there's something about the sunset. I think of like the colors that sort of like orange and goldy colors. If I think about our brand as well, that um, I see everyone post in Puerto Escondido. And I I know um, when I go to Costa Rica, every day revolves around the sunset as well. And I, I, mm-hmm. I personally just love that about small beach towns of like everybody just kind of stops work, stops what they're doing. It gets dark kind of early because it's, you know, closer to the equator. So it's not like crazy long days. It's like every day at 630 the sun is going to set. Everyone's going to like chill and go watch it for an hour and just be. And it's like, I just feel like biologically, it's like so calming. It's so good for the nervous system. It's just so good for community. It and is, I just, yeah. I really like the quality of life um, and the way that people live in that slower way instead of just like hustle, hustle, hustle. And like, now it's 8 p.m. I'm going to slam my laptop shot and like, and run to meet someone here. Mm. It's just like, it's just chill. And with, with Costa Rica, they're, their country slogan, I guess if you want to call it, is um, Pura Vida, which means like the pure life. And it, it really feels like it. So there's a magic in Costa Rica. It's also one of the countries. Mm. We talked about this last time, the Blue Zones. Did this come up in one of our last podcasts? Well, maybe. I I like it, it didn't ring a bell. I can't remember. I've been talking to several people. It just keeps coming up lately, which is why it's on my mind. But mm. there's, there's five countries in the world, five specific places within countries as well. Um, where I think it's like has the most people who have lived over a hundred years old, so it's sort of like a quality of life thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now I and it's like you there's something, there's that, some yeah. magic to these places, like some some energy, just the way people are living, what they're eating, the healthy lifestyles, and one of those is in Costa Rica. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's just it just it feels good to be in Costa Rica, like no matter where you are. They're just, just happy how people. I would like. I, I totally happy people. <laughs> totally forgot about that aspect. Like, yeah, the the atmosphere there is just relaxed and satisfied yes. with life it is totally and wherever yeah. you go in Costa Rica it's Pura Vida it's just like yes. chill out slow down and you have to slow down yeah. you have to remind yourself yes. when you're ordering a restaurant it will take a while like, I gotta fight. to arrive to you I fight to get your bill <laughs> there are no you rush gotta, yeah, exactly. yeah they are not in a rush yes. not in any way not in a rush but yeah. I think we could really use a lot more of that so it's always a good way for me to just kind of like slow down be I just feel like the my quality of life is always better when I'm in Costa Rica so yeah and you're so on we'll, your way we'll end that one January yeah right? and I'll be there Excellent. in a couple weeks yeah I'm pumped so Great. I love it I love it there 
So number seven, going back to Asia and back mm-hmm. to Thailand, actually, which is uh, Copenhagen, which if you're listening to this, I know if I heard this first time, I'd be like, how do you spell it? What are you talking about? So it's K-O-H is the first word. And then it's a weird spelling. It's P-H-A-N-G-A-N. Uh, so Copenhagen. And it is a small little island in Thailand. And it's, I would say the, hard, the, the hardest thing about this as a nomad is actually just getting there. So you have to like take a long flight to an island nearby, land on their main airport, and then take a ferry over. And there's not really many cars on the island of Copenhagen. It's just like scooters everywhere. So when I think about, it's kind of different colors. I, I don't think about it as like orangey and gold as um, like Costa Rica and, and Puerto Escondido. But it's very like bright white sands, like just jungly, bright green, bright blue, like all of that. So it's a great place. Um, when, when we were talking about how most of the other digital nomad locations we've talked about have just raised in prices over the years, I feel like this one, it's probably up a little bit for sure, but it's still just like way more affordable comparatively to a lot of the mm. other places that we've talked about. Like the food is still really inexpensive. The location, like the accommodations aren't you know, crazy expensive. They also don't have Mm. as great of accommodations. I would say the hardest thing here is like, you're not going to find like very many super modern places. It's more of like, kind of like shacks on the beach and things like that. Well, that's why it's a hidden gem then, right? Yeah, it's still very rustic, very jungly. Um, Like it has like one Mm -hmm. main road that kind of goes around the rings of the island. And you're starting to see some more modern places pop up. I have a friend who invested in a place there that's some more modern um, homes, but um, yeah, it's it's say it kind of has like a ring around the whole island. It's like it's not that big. Like there's mm-hmm. a main kind of beach road. There's a whole main nomad area, and it's got all your your nomad food if you want it, but also like great local Thai food and markets. So I would say yeah, it's just far and hard to get to, but it's definitely a popular one. Um, in in the January time, that winter time is a good place. To, it's really always a good place to be. But how's yeah. your spice tolerance? It's gotten a little bit better. Like I still, I I wouldn't choose or prefer like to go crazy spicy in Thailand or mm-hmm. or Mexico for that matter anywhere. But I feel like I've gotten a little more. I'm I'm trying more spice. Spicy for real. I just like just the tiniest bit of spice is like so spicy to me compared to most people. <laughs> but uh, I feel like because I'm like you know I'm like sharing food with friends and people and trying things and it's like it's gotten I've got a little more tolerance. I'm trying. Yeah, you're working on it. it my uh, girlfriend it. Manny can relate. Colombians are renowned for having zero heat in their food zero <laughs> which you wouldn't think they seem like a spicy spicy kind of bunch nope <laughs> like ketchup is too spicy so anytime right. there's any, i'll make a i'll just make a normal dish for me and she'll be like <gasps> like fire breathing <laughs> dragon and i'm like what <laughs> what is going what is it yeah if i put a, a just a dash of chili in there <laughs> it just blows you back but it's funny when you're traveling the range of spices that you'll encounter you know like and that's a yes. good example like thai food you can go just like Ooh. sweating into your food hot um and you can yes. in mexico too you can just be like mexico holy India, hell thailand yeah if you're like we make it a little bit spicy it's just like yeah, the, the most of the spice it's like it would be like super spicy in the u.s yeah 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 exactly but speaking of colombia you want to bring us home with number eight? Oh yeah number eight last place to escape on our list is medellin and actually it's a good place uh kind of anytime it is the city of eternal spring so the weather doesn't change 
It literally, it literally it reminds me of like Adam and Eve, like Garden of Eden. <laughs> yeah, it, it um, the, the best part about it is you know exactly what you're get gonna get, and it doesn't matter what time of year you go there, it's gonna be exactly the same. It's I think the average temperature fluctuation is a total of one degree from their spring to their winter, basically. So you're looking at <laughs> is eight, there not even a rainy season seven. there? It'll get a little bit more rainy in the summer by like. A tad like an extra two rainy days or something like that <laughs> it's so crazy it's one of the only places that isn't fluctuating temperature or like rain like i feel like it like not many places just don't change anything ever I think, like very hawaii unusual. maybe does do they have i don't think they have seasons that might be the closest thing i'm that trying I can to think, think if they have some like rainier times i'd have to check I don't even know. then they might have rainy times yeah they medellin is just kind of like the time still just doesn't place. really yeah just doesn't really <laughs> doesn't really change the thing you can count on is the morning it's going to be fairly clear a little bit cloudy and then by 2 p.m you're going to have a massive thunderstorm that you won't see coming <laughs> like it'll be like oh my god oh, interesting beautiful out look at your laptop crash boom and you're like what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> what happened all like, year it's like that and you're like oh it's 2 p.m yeah no you can just you can set your <laughs> clock to it 2 p.m you're gonna have wow. a thunderstorm wow. it's gonna be this crazy thunderstorm it's gonna be gone in an hour it's just like, Interesting. Like it never even happened. Or I was I was hmm. uh, renting a motorcycle. And I rode up to Rio Negro, which is like up by the airport, just up the hill. And I forgot it was approaching two o'clock because it was beautiful out. And then I get like half an hour up there, and it's just torrential, like hurricane force downpour. And wow. the water. The, if you're not watching this, I'm looking, I'm holding up my fingers, like three inches thick of water just running down the street. My motorcycles brakes stopped working, and like every all we all pulled oh, into damn. a furniture store, and we're all just waiting it out. It was the wettest I've ever been in my life. It's like to my bones. So I ended up getting wow. back. I'm like, all right, learn that lesson. Don't go anywhere at 2 p.m. in Medellin. That's bizarre. So I guess in, instead of having like a month or two of rain, it's just like. 2 p.m. all year just like it's it's like a time of day instead of a time of year yeah. <laughs> and that one the spelling i just want to throw that one out for people it's because it, it's it's pretty out i know people say like medellin but when you spell it out it's m-e-d-e-l-l-i-n so it got like that spanish uh, yeah um but yeah what else what else do you want to say about medellin yeah we're talking about uh places that haven't really been hit by nomad prices so much or just inflation too much pretty good spot to go everything is still relatively cheap you can go into like the more touristy areas poblado provenza and the prices are going to be significantly higher but they're still yeah. within like a really like if you're coming from the northern hemisphere still relatively cheap it is the cheapest uh, it might compete with buenos aires at this point because their exchange rate is changing quite a bit um, but it has historically been the cheapest place in all South and Central America, if you look on any list for cost of living. So you'll find that. And if you go outside of those touristy areas, you're looking at dinners for five to ten bucks, ten bucks on the high side. So it's it's really, really cheap. Um, and I do recommend going outside some of those touristy areas because you can get more of a more of a cultural experience You get more of a wide range of food that isn't smoothie bowls and you know the like <laughs> so i'll be yeah, there in a, in a few weeks nice yeah i feel like like you said it's good all year but january if you're looking for those temperatures away it's just like a good solid yeah. nomad place to go to manny my um, girlfriend so just got there and she's like oh my god it's hot i'm like it's not it's <laughs> just it's not it's the same <laughs> it's just you 
you've been wearing cold flannel and sweatshirts the last month so <laughs> i know it's nice it's always so nice when you like walk off the plane and you can like smell the humidity and feel it it's like yes like i'm back back in the warmth that's it that wraps up our eight if we missed anything uh write us in and uh we'll add it to the next one we'll do this for we this is for 2024 as new hotspots pop up we're gonna do 2025 2026 as long as this podcast keeps going so yeah let us know if we yeah missed we got spots. you covered is there anything else marissa yeah i was gonna say we did this episode someone wrote us in i feel like actually just a couple days ago so we've actually had a bunch of requests coming in yeah. so if we haven't gotten to yours yet Susie. We will. You, We've heard them. Susie, we love it. Yeah. So someone wrote us in and said, like, what are the places to go in the winter? Like, do you have, what are the specific places? Mm-hmm. So you ask, we will deliver mostly, but we do collect all of the questions and just whichever ones feel the most appropriate at the time or like Jeff and I just kind of intuitively feel called to do or Diego when he's back from Bali and we're better on a, a, a time zone where we can talk to Diego Morgan. We miss you, Diego. <laughs> we need some more Diego voice on this podcast. We, we gotta, miss, we gotta, I know. Yeah. The, the, soon he's one more week in asia it's been hard yeah jeff and i are in the same time zone right now ish i say we're like three hours apart but which is why you've been hearing more of the two of us but diego we haven't forgotten about him you'll hear from we still talk to him but it's just been harder to coordinate with all the podcast episodes as well so again do write in if you have any ideas if you have questions if there's a topic you want us to cover and if you've written in and we haven't recorded it yet, we, we do have a running list. There's a lot of requests that come in um, and we do really, really try to get to them. And we love your questions because we like to answer what you guys genuinely like to know as you're transitioning into this lifestyle. Like we've been doing it for so long that sometimes we forget the very beginning stages of what you want to hear. So it's really, really helpful um, if you want to write us in hello at beachcommute.com. Um, if you haven't done so, we'd love if you could leave the five star thumbs up, subscribe, whatever that looks like. If you can take your phone, it takes five seconds. It really does help people find the podcast. We keep seeing it grow week after week and the, the stars and the subscribes grow week after week and it really helps other people find it. So you get more of us when you get more of that. So thank you for that. And then lastly, if you want to receive two remote companies that are um, hiring for awesome remote jobs currently. Um, each week we send that out to our subscribers. So our email list really does get different information than you hear on the podcast. We also get Jeff and I's personal pictures of wherever we are and what we're doing, which is fun. So beachcommute.com slash email is where you sign up for that so you can receive remote jobs hiring every week so you can actually start to live this lifestyle too. I feel like that's all the things, Jeff. Anything I'm forgetting? Last week, we sent out a poll of whether or not you were a city person or a beach person. It's surprisingly close. It's 56% beach and 44% city. So I thought I was going to be outvoted by a ton. I guess not. I guess there are a few city people out there. I also voted. You were city? (laughs) I voted city. Yeah, I'm in that percentage. I might have stuffed the ballot a little bit slight minority no worry but it's pretty evenly split so we'll bring you guys more info on cities as well we love the polls and yeah if there's ever anything you have a question or want us to know write us in and i guess with that we will see you back next week thanks see you next week